Today, we're talking with Jason Bayek, a certified financial planner who has built a multifaceted, highly successful career helping individuals and business owners build and maintain their wealth. He joins the show to share his journey with us, the challenges he's overcome, and how he's able to build a successful career that continues to grow to this day. I'm Paul Blanco, and this is Small Steps, Big Wins. All right. Well, Jason, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you on today. And I'm really excited to uh, share your journey and for you to share your journey with everyone out there that's listening. And uh, you have such a great story. So I'm excited to spend some time with you today. Well, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, as far as my journey goes, you've not only been with me my entire journey, but you predate how long I've been here with Barnum is I've known you for some time before I even started working here. So yeah. So on the show, thanks for having me as a guest. You got it, Jay. And let's start there, Jay. I mean, you went to college and, you know, you went to NYU and you played basketball there. You were an avid athlete your whole life and you get out of school. What made you go into the financial service industry? So my very first job out of school was actually working in reinsurance. So oh, okay. I, I wanted to work in finance. Uh, I was an econ major at NYU. A lot of my buddies went on to work in finance. Uh, a lot of the older guys on my basketball team eventually ended up working in finance. And so I started working in reinsurance. And at the time, I loved it. I was working with numbers. I was always been a math guy. I was working in teams. And eventually just kind of got to the point where I wasn't really feeling fulfilled. Our company was doing great. Uh, revenue was great. Uh, I had a lot of visibility and upward mobility in reinsurance, but it got to the point where I wasn't really fulfilled with the end product or the end service that I was providing. You know, I grew up in a household where everyone in my family were civil servants, whether they were teachers, doctors, nurses, uh, everybody worked with people. And that's what I always wanted to do in reinsurance. Uh, your, your client is an enormous insurance company or a few enormous insurance companies. And I met somebody uh, who worked in financial services at a wirehouse at the time. And I met him at a pool party. And he said, you know, Not why, surprised. Don't you all, why don't you take all of your, you know, your financial skills, your math skills, your analytical skills, and your people skills and work with people. Uh, maybe not work with you know, large companies as the end user of your services, but work with people so you can impact their lives. And ultimately that's how I got started in financial services. Well, good for that person to see that. And, you know, it's interesting because when you think of your profile and then what you said earlier about your family and how they did it, and when you get to work with people and, and then you really get to impact the end user very differently than what you did in reinsurance. I think it was a perfect fit for you to uh, get into the career. So let me, let me dig in a little bit on this though. You know, as an athlete, a competitive athlete playing at the college level, you know, there was a lot, I, I'm, I'm assuming, and I shouldn't assume, but I'm sure it took a lot for you as an athlete to train all those years to get ready to play at that level. And did that help you like that drive and discipline that you had, was that able to translate into business for you? And did that help you when you got into this career and you started working with, with people? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, competition is something that drives me. And when you talk to real competitors and you really dig in on competition, what you find out eventually is the competition isn't your peers. It's not the team that you're playing against. You get to have this competition internally where you start to feel really good about not just the success and failures, but about the process. You understand really quickly that all of your success when you're competitive will boil back down to what do your processes look like and how do you stick to those processes and are you successful at sticking to the processes? So it was totally a natural fit, right? We're in our industry where we get to build our own book of business. We get to build our own career. Um, we get to practice in whatever way we feel most makes sense to us and our clients. It's really up to us how successful we are. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting you say that as a, as a former athlete myself, I've, uh, the cool thing for me was it made the transition from an athlete to a corporate athlete. And I think that's even harder because there's no off season, right. And you always have to be on and you have to take those disciplines that you gained and use them in, in the world. And, and you're right. I'm glad you shared that for everyone listening today. I mean, when Jay talked about being competitive, but being competitive with himself, he didn't say it exactly like that, but you're your own, you know, it's you versus you. And I think that's really important in business for people to realize. And sometimes they're always comparing themselves, but you have your own journey that you're on versus the person to your right or to your left or a friend of yours. So I, I give you a lot of credit for realizing that as a very young man in this world. So Jay, so you went into the wirehouse, which, you know, there's all these are stereotypes, but a lot of people think of the wirehouse as just managing money. And then you came into, you know, into Barnum where you were more of a hybrid, where you were doing really both sides of the balance sheet for your clients. You know, was that important to you? And was that helpful in you launching your career, you know, very early on? Definitely. Absolutely. At the wirehouse, you know, I had great training and we got, we got a great education around investing. We got a great education around asset management. Uh, we got a decent education around planning, but the implementation part was more difficult at the wirehouses than what we found at Barnum. At Barnum, we really focused on all of the facets of financial planning from cash flow management, uh, goal planning to the asset management, of course, but also protection planning, something that although we were licensed for, we didn't necessarily have the resources and expertise to align with our clients on the protection side. Yeah. And and when you're thinking about the career, if you were giving your 22-year-old self advice again, you know, I I believe, and maybe I'm biased because I started really just on the insurance side, very similar to where you were on just the investment side, really, to start, even though we did investments. I feel like it's much harder and it's less hard to be able to be diverse in what you're doing to because you can help way more people. Am I correct in saying that for you if you look back in your 22-year-old self? Yeah, at the time, my 22-year-old self just didn't have enough arrows in the quiver or tools in our toolbox to be able to help the clients that I knew, right? The, the, the prospects that were in my natural network, the prospects that I came across in a day-to-day -day work environment or home environment or family environment. If I could only do the asset management side, I was missing a lot of pieces that they needed 
uh, to make them more financially solvent and to help them with their financial planning goals. Yeah, that's great. So, Jay, thinking back to your career, did you hit any major challenges early on that you were sit there and you were like, oh man, did, did I make the right decision going into, you know, this financial services and being a financial advisor? Or was there some point where you were like deep down, you had to like dig out a little bit and say, oh my God, this is a tough one. Oh yeah. I mean, that happened several times in the beginning of my, of my career. Uh, the, you know, the hardest thing was talking to people that were in your natural network, right. Or, or talking to people that you would come across on a day-to-day basis. Uh, it was really hard to, I guess, face rejection at that time. You know, rejection is, is something that you have in every single career. Rejection is just something that we have more in our careers because there's a lot of opportunities for either people to say no, or it's not the right time, or they might be working with somebody else or they have their own things that they're working through that it doesn't necessarily make sense to work together. So in the past, when I was working in reinsurance, all I ever got was basically positive feedback. I did a great job. We had a couple of clients, all of our clients we took to the next level, but dealing with rejection just wasn't something that I was super used to in a corporate environment or in, in a working environment. You know, then I had to you know, remember what it was like to face rejection in sports, which is something that I was very used to. You know, we didn't win every quarter. We didn't win every game. We didn't win every season. You know, even had a couple of losing seasons in there. Uh, remembering how to deal with rejection there helped me a lot with dealing with rejection at work. Um, you know, trying not to take things personally or... Uh, or just on the other side, if, if you were rejected for a reason to learn from that experience so that you can get better so that you can make better recommendations. Um, so you have a better opportunity to serve that client in the way that they want to be served. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I was, I've always been, since he was in college, I was always a big fan of Deion Sanders and he's hit the scene right now. And, you know, I was predicting he would end up taking these kids to a next level, but he was interviewed the other day and he made a comment. I'm a little biased though, but he said, you know, what was the hardest thing you had to do in sports? And he said, hit a round ball with a round bat. And he said, you have a 30% success rate, a 70% failure rate. Right. And I think too many people in our society today, if it's sports or school or being in, you know, in music, you have to understand how to handle objection and rejection and, and go to and move on to the next thing. So I think it's really great. And uh, it's not always just roses for people. People don't realize that. And uh, I always tell people I quit three times in my first year in this business. And it was always on Thursday night, you know, when I didn't have enough uh, meetings with clients and I knew I was not doing what I was supposed to do. So uh, thanks for sharing that. So fast forward, Jay, today, like you're, you've built this amazing career. You've got a great clientele. You uh, give back to the industry a ton. But when you look at where you are now, like, tell me what's going, what's where your mind is for the next five. If we're back here in 10 years, what's going to happen to you and your business? And, you know, give us some of that. Well, I'll be excited to be back on your, on your pod in five or 10 years from now. It probably won't be a pod. It'll probably be some virtual reality thing that we're working on, but yeah, I'll actually be very, very interested to, to listen to this again, but 
we're, we're, our goals right now for our team are to continue to grow, to be, to continue to be more efficient. You know, we strive to be the best, the, the best in the industry and it's totally achievable. We work for my, my strong belief, the best financial planning firm in the world that provides us with elite resources, expertise, and tools to be successful. There's really no reason why we wouldn't be, you know, the standard in financial planning if we aren't already. Right. So this is something that we want to strive to become even more so. Yeah. And be more specific on some of the things that you're doing today. Like your team's gotten bigger. You do a lot of work with a lot of different people. What are some of the things that you, uh, that you're leaning in on, on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. So right now we're focusing always, but more so right now than ever is focusing on efficiencies. What drives us is to create impact. Um, we, we certainly create impact, meaningful impact for all of our clients. Uh, when we think that we're doing a good job is when we are bringing that impact to more people. So we're, we're hiring, we have, you know, a larger staff, we're working with more, uh, junior advisors. We're working with more seasoned advisors. Uh, to develop and expand processes. Uh, we are always striving to be innovative as far as our solutions. So being a lifetime learner, I think is critical in our business, no matter what stage you're in. I think it's extra critical, especially when you're getting towards the top, because what else, what else is going to differentiate you from another top tier advisor or top tier team or top tier firm? Um, it's going to be these little nuances. How, how can, how can we tweak? our game? How can we tweak our business just to get a little bit better? So right now we're very much focusing on efficiencies so that we can make a a greater impact uh, for more people. Yeah. So those efficiencies, and I'm sure it ranges the gamut from people to technology to, you know, things, different things that you're doing every day to, to make your business uh, easier. And so you can spend more time with clients. There's only two ways that we can grow our business, which is uh, sell bigger or see more people. You know, we, we are constantly striving to do both. Technology is, is an awesome tool. We're very fortunate here at Barnum that we have a ton of resources on the technology side that make our businesses more efficient, whether it's how we conduct reviews, it's whether we ha- how we analyze a client's uh, existing solutions, how we analyze the marketplace as the marketplace changes and how that could impact our clients. We have a lot of amazing, fantastic tools and fantastic people behind those tools to help us implement them into our practice. Yeah, that's great, Jay. And so I love what you talked about, about a lifelong learner. And when you think of, you know, your life in business or personally, did you have a role model that you looked at? I know you talked earlier about your family being in the service and always working with people, but did you have some people that you looked at and you said, you know, I want to take a little bit from this or a little bit from that. Uh, can you give me a little color on that? Ooh, I got a long list of role models and I can break them down into groups. So my first group is my family. So, you know, my, my parents, my siblings, my wife, Steph, all internal role models to the household, people that have wildly different personalities, but always inspire me in different ways and things that I could take on just how they live uh, to try to make myself a better human, to be a better planner and to be awesome. a better professional. And then I have my work mentors. 
and the people that I look up to, Brian Rosen, a longtime advisor here at Barnum, started as my mentor here at Barnum, now as my partner here at Barnum Premier Client Group. From day one, has always been an incredible mentor to me. Uh, still continues to be a great mentor to me, even though we're partners to this day. There's always something to learn from him. Uh, there's a host of other people here at Barnum. You, Mindy Blanco, Joe Presti, who is uh, my my sales manager, uh, Ben Sacadado, Chris Campitsis, another Barnum, uh, an incredible Barnum team. You're all great internal mentors. And then what I think is really important is I have my personal board of directors. So these are people completely outside the industry who I can rely on uh, to give me candid advice. And I'm, and purposely, they aren't in my industry. So there's one that works for a private bank. Um, there's another that works for a big media company. There's another that works for an enormous uh, uh, tech technology company. Uh, these are people that you know I can have a two-hour car ride with and we could talk about our career. We could talk about personal challenges. We could talk about how those things intersect. We could talk about work-like balance, but it's really, really important that I hope that everybody after this, this podcast takes this forward is create your own personal board of directors, people that you can rely on, people that you can ask candid and straightforward advice to and people that you respect. Yeah. And I appreciate you going to that and saying that because I was going to make that point when you said that. And I think that's, you know, if you're driving, stop, or if you're, uh, when you get home later, rewind back and uh, make that a mental note for you to, because, and, and I love that you said that they're all in different industries and different discipline. What I've learned with myself is as I've gotten longer into the business, when I read something, no matter what industry it's related to, I could always apply it back to my business. It's just a different way of thinking. Right. And I think that's great that you're doing that, Jay. So stay on that though, for role models. So, you know, one of the things that I think is important is what you just said a few minutes ago is how I can be better in my personal life, my professional life, you know, business, it all feeds in to make you who you are as a person, personally and professionally. So, um, one thing that I, I like to always learn about people is, do you have like a morning or an evening routine that like gets, like, is it in the morning that gets your day going? I always have to say evening too, because many people do it stuff in the evening. I'm a morning guy, but you know, are you doing something now that's getting like setting you up to be a great entrepreneur on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. So health is wealth, right? And that physical health, mental health, financial health, right? Those are the three areas of wealth that we all should strive to, you know, be happy and comfortable in, but hopefully have an abundance. And uh, so the morning for me always starts with mental and physical health, uh, workout routine, making sure that I'm mindful of what I'm going to put in my body throughout the day. Um, I try to stay off of the things that could distract me throughout my day, like the not so good sandwich that we could digest from social media. That's the first thing that we open up in the morning. So I try to stay away from those things, focus on the things that make me happy. I know uh, this morning routine is going to be greatly derailed in, in the next two months as my wife and I expect our first child coming in. But even, even when that comes, you know, I'll, I'll have something else extremely positive that, that will inspire me. The first thing that I do when I wake up in the morning is going to see our kid spending time with our kid in the morning. Still, yeah, health is wealth, making sure that I'm, I'm eating something good or 
you know, putting something in my body that was going to help me throughout the day. And then also, uh, you know, making sure that I'm doing something physically that's going to set up my day for success. Yeah. So great, Jay. And, you know, if, uh, if I was starting out today in the industry and I had my morning routine, I'm a lifelong learner, I'm doing all these different things that we have been talking about, you know, what advice, what would be the first thing you would tell me to say, make sure you do this, Paul, what would that be? I think you want to get your designations. Well, I mean, first of all, you want to get your licenses as quickly as possible, but assuming that you have all that, right. When you come yep. to this, getting your designations, you know, so the CFP is a very popular, important one right now. I think not only can you learn a lot of things that will be helpful for your clients, I think it's just starting to become table stakes for what your clients may expect from you as an advisor. It just sort of sets the bar lowers that objection right away. Also, you're bringing value to the table right away being a CFP. So I would say, try try to get that as soon as you can when you first come into the industry. Um, when it comes to studying, let me back up a second, the morning routines. You know, our, our business is very much process driven, but you also have to be very much prepared to handle things as they come up throughout the day. You know, At the end of the day, remember, we're working with people. People have needs. People have changes in their lives and those changes happen every single day. They're going to have things that come up through the day that's going to require your attention, even if you didn't plan for those things throughout the day. So, you know, things that you know that you need to get done. So if it's continued education, like studying for the CFP, try to get that done before you actually start what you would consider the workday. Yeah, I was actually going to piggyback and say, you know, one of the things I've tried to teach with you know, the CFP designation or any designation is when you start just do one class a quarter within two and a half years, you have it done. There's some overachievers that like to do it faster and get it knocked out. But if you do one a quarter and you add to your morning routine, maybe 30 minutes of studying, you know, I always tell people, how do you eat an elephant one piece at a time? Just go slow and, and do that. I think you'll get it done. And too many people procrastinate and when's the best time to start? If you're listening, start now. And I agree with you, Jay. I do think there's people that read a lot of uh, literature and a lot on on the internet now that says you should work with someone that has credentials and you might not even know that it's the silent objection. So I think that's a really great advice for you to give some people. You know, one more on the financial industry. When you think of, you know, the financial industry from when you started to today, where do you think it's going? And what are some of the things that you think that you're, you're keeping your eye on in the financial sector? Technology is really interesting in our space. You know, I talked earlier about how technology has been helpful for us in the way that we service our clients. But technology is starting to become really interesting on what clients expect and what's available to clients uh, moving forward. So things like the robo-advisor, right? Uh, where... And then where the robo advisor really just focuses on the asset management part, you know, there's going to be you know, greater conversations, especially when you integrate it with AI, at least blueprinting what financial plans could look like. I think that's going to be really interesting for us as advisors. I think it's going to make our planning process even more collaborative than it is right now because the client will have access to these tools. But just like many tools, they're, they're only meaningful if you know how to use them. So I think our business is going to, and I think it has been on this trend for a long time, becoming much more consultative, holistic than necessarily helping our clients with 
one vertical of what their planning needs might be, you know, whether it's just asset, yeah. just insurance It's really, you know, our value proposition, ultimately our strongest value proposition over time, I believe will be, you know, how do you put all of these various moving parts together to align for the client's best interest? And for that yeah. you know, advice is going to be our cornerstone. It has been our cornerstone, but they need to be our cornerstone of our value proposition moving forward. Yeah. I, I kind of sum that all up in my mind as you're speaking that you're going to become, you have to become a life coach to your clients. And that's very different than being uh, just a financial advisor and financial advisor with the coaching is a, is a major paradigm shift in the industry. That's uh, and it's happening fast. I appreciate that. On a lighter note, you know, I think of work-life balance and you, know, you got a lot of things going on, but I know many of your weekends are spent fishing. You love fishing out there, but what other things are you doing besides that to keep that work-life balance, right? And, you know, I think it's important because there's different perception of what it is. So I'd love to hear what your perception on, you know, how do you do your work-life balance? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And it's something that I think about a lot. It's something that I think about a lot when I look in the mirror. It's something that I think about a lot, especially around the holidays when I'm spending it with family. Sometimes it's a lot of what I think about when I'm sitting across the dinner table with my wife. Work-life balance is, is really, really important. So work-life balance for me, it really just means that I'm spending quality time with the people that I care about in the amount of time that seems reasonable and fair for everybody. Uh, sometimes that, that is up, sometimes that is down and it's, 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 it's only something like everything else that's good in our life though. You have to put an effort into to thinking about and implementing. So, you know, I spent a lot of time fishing for me because for me, part of that, the, uh, the wealth on the mental health side requires being in touch with the outdoors. That's just something that awesome. I you know, you have a lot of people that enjoy golf or running or CrossFit or whatever it might be. Uh, for me, fishing is a great opportunity for to reset. I feel like I come back a better professional. I come yeah. back a better husband, friend, uh, and everything else, as long as I'm also able to have that balance with myself as well. Yeah, I think it's a great, I think it's amazing. And I think it's amazing that, you know, if you're listening to just be aware of what gives you that. And I think sometimes people are always searching. Once you figure it out, it's okay to figure out that this makes me, you know, a better person. I, I've always found that even for me, just a change of scenery is like grounding to me. And, and I think everyone has to figure out what works for them. But I love, I love what you say. I always talk about being present, but you just talked about the right amount of time and having the right time when you're there. So it's a really, really great way of looking at it. So uh, congratulations on that and understanding that at a very uh, early part of your career, because you just really, I always tell people, you know, we're just getting started, but you truly are just getting started. And to, to have that advantage, especially with uh, a child coming into your life is a really, really great thing. So I guess my last big question for you is, if you had the option to do more of something today, what would it be? And what would you do if you had the option to do less of something today? What would it be? 
Is this uh, professionally or just in general or in life? Well, I know more maybe based on the last question, be more fishing (laughs) (laughs) and maybe it'd be less of working. Uh, Maybe, I don't know, but (laughs) I don't think that's the answer you would give, but what, what would you, you know, what do you, what's, what's like, what's driving you on a, on that? Like, what do you, you just, I know you love being with clients, but what do you, uh, what would you do more of? I want to do more of creating an impact, whether that's creating an impact with my clients at work or creating an impact with my friends and my family or uh, my child to be in a couple of months or and some of the things that I like doing just completely outside of work. So things like working with, with charities or nonprofit organizations, anything that I feel is making an impact and I'm making a difference in somebody's life. I want to do more of that. It's what I love to do. Uh, fortunately, we work in an industry where we get to actually do that professionally every day, which is great. How do we do more of that at work? Well, of course, we're going to be bogged down with some things that are related to that. Things like administrative work or things like, you know, compliance and trainings and other things that, you know, we need to do on the back end to make sure that we are creating an impact on the front end. Uh, But just creating more of an impact with more people. Well, I can tell you that, as you all know, the name of the show is Small Steps, Big Wins. And when you think about Jason Bayek, what he's doing is he took a lot of small steps. He's continuing to get big wins. And, you know, thank you for being on the show today, Jay. You've definitely made an impact on this show today. And uh, I really appreciate you being on and I appreciate your partnership and your friendship. My pleasure, Paul. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Take care, Jay. Thank you for listening to Small Steps. Big wins. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All opinions expressed by the program participants are solely their current opinions and do not reflect the opinions their respective parent companies or affiliates or the companies with which the program participants are affiliated. Investments or strategies mentioned in this program may not be suitable for you, and you should make your own independent decision regarding them. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. You should strongly consider seeking advice from your own investment advisor. Securities and investment advisory services offered through qualified registered representatives of MML Investor Services, LLC, member SIPC, 6 Corporate Drive, Shelton, Connecticut, 06484, telephone number 203 513-6000.